Hey y'all, this is Amuck, Madam Hexa, and Caitlin Case, and this is Trouble Comes in Three. This podcast talks about scandalous topics such as leather, communications, BDSM, and sexual health. If you are under 18, and visit scarletteen.com, but if you're over 18, get ready, tie your corset strings tight, and let's get naughty. Oh, I like that improvisation. <laughs> yeah. <now>, <laughs> So we actually have our first interview guest for 2021. Yes! I'm very excited to introduce a dear friend and the uh, helping hand to my slave <laughs> in his early experience in Piratrix Knox. So Knox is a lifestyle dom who has been active uh, for nearly 20 years. Imperatrix has taught several classes and lectures on various forms of edge play, power exchange, and female dominance. She's an active member and supporter of both the Los Angeles and the Orlando fetish communities. Yay. So we welcome you, Knox, to our uh, scandalous evening, I guess. Thank you. Oh, I appreciate you guys having me. It's our absolute pleasure. Don't worry. <laughs> so excited. <laughs> so that's kind of your professional intro, but why don't you tell us a little bit, tell our audience a little bit about yourself uh, in your own words. Um, wow, that's always so difficult, isn't it? But we yes. always that you're a queen. I mean, obviously. <laughs> it's always sexier when somebody else does it. Exactly. I appreciate that way more than my southern one. Um, German next time. Can I support that at the end? As a bonus? That'll, yes! that'll be the bonus feature. Okay. Yes, I, I like it. <laughs> no, so I, um, yeah, I've been in kink, wow, a really long time. <laughs> um, I kind of got my start in a classical manner, um, especially being female, as close as you can get to being, you know, old guard in some of those respects. Yeah, um, because, do I? Preach. Yeah. I am <laughs> also though. of the, like, been doing this for far too long. <laughs> it's, you know, and it's funny because, you know, I talk about my experiences coming up through kink and how, like, my, my fetishes actually shaped my journey but I was very fortunate that um when I came into the lifestyle it was as a submissive and then I did graduate to being a full slave in a 24-7 TPE relationship for quite a few years and then found my dominant voice thanks to some guidance and some mentoring that I had and the support of my husband who's also a dominant and so now I've I've been the proud owner of several amazing submissives that have let me beat the absolute shit out of them <laughs> that's what we love <laughs> and it is. doing it too oh i'm sure she you does. know it's serious when the high heels come off oh yes yeah 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 yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. i actually at one point had a class on how to kick someone's ass wearing six inch stilettos See, this Wait, is important I, that's a class i want to go to <laughs> you want to be the demo <laughs> bottom for oh, it. yeah but that's like you're going to you it be kicked where <laughs> you six inch stilettos and while they wear that's fair it is it's fun but yeah it, and it, it's interesting because because the the reality is the aesthetics of kink is what grabbed my attention right it was all about what i saw the representation that i saw in the media and you know, just this, these visions of these very powerful, seductive, beautiful women, and not necessarily the glossy ones that you see with a lot of, um, you know, pornography and things like that, mm -hmm. but, but actually going into the community and interacting with people at, at dungeons and other events and seeing just the realness and the authenticity of some of these women and just not just what they wore, but what they chose to wear, right? Because it was like mm -hmm. armor and wearing the makeup, like it was war paint and, just that fierceness and that's what led me to corsets and just the aesthetic of the the wasp waist you know even some of the edwardian ones and it was like that's that's it that's my thing mm -hmm. and i fell in love with corsetry honestly more than i did with bondage um on its own yeah. isn't it though <laughs> yeah yeah, it was one of the few things that I could do to myself and nobody looked at me funny. It was like, oh, you're just the goth kid. Hell yeah. Yup. <laughs> yeah. Also, so I have seen this woman change corsets in the backseat of a car. <laughs> it is, it's a pretty phenomenal circus act. But I, I, I was like, did you just swap them out? And she's like, yeah, I changed my mind. <laughs> I, so I started with corsets when I was in 
high school mm-hmm. um one we were all theater geeks and two we were all like medieval geeks mm-hmm. oh, that, like, like, we, mm-hmm. and so for me I really loved coming into the community because suddenly it was a place that wearing the corsets wasn't weird, weird. <laughs> weird. like uh-huh. wearing real corsets not just like the Fredericks of Hollywood like I was like oh this is the first place that people are like oh I love that design blah 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 yeah, right I felt strong. What's on your mind, yeah. Caitlin? Oh, no, I was just going to say, because what um, she had mentioned was very similar to mine. Like, I've just, I've always loved the aesthetic, and I've always loved, like, the accentuated, you know, waistline, because I kind of have a very natural hourglass shape. Yeah. Glass shape, but I like the extreme that corsets oh, can yeah. take it to. Um, and for me, it was kind of the same thing. It's, like, the first time I put the corset on, I was like, it's, like, bondage, breath play, mm-hmm. aesthetic goals, and everything else all in one. I always feel extra womanly. Yes. Like in the classical sense, you yes. know what I mean? I know identity's yeah. on your head, but it, to me, it's like it was a very classical, like, womanly feel when you mm-hmm. were in the corset. I just my feel more like a boss. Yeah. Like a boss? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, like holding my tits up and in place, right. I'm ready to go. <laughs> oh, and I wear underbusts often, yeah. so oh, my tits oh, yeah. are oh, really yeah. up. flapping around. <laughs> What's your favorite style of corset, Knox? Um... Oh man! <laughs> you can pick like I know it's like choosing between children. You can pick right. like a couple. It really, you know, honestly, it really is dependent on what I'm doing and where I'm at. So if I'm going to be primarily social and not engaging in any kind of physical skills, mm-hmm. um, I do prefer the underbust style or like a waist center style. Mm-hmm. Um, just you know, you know the waisties and things like that. Mm-hmm. If I'm going to be playing, I do prefer overbust because I can get away with one piece of clothing. Yeah, that's brilliant. <laughs> so I mean that and pregnant on in church. And I and I don't like the girls flapping about when I'm playing. Right? Return to your sign seat. <laughs> Mine they just flop. Yeah, they do what they want to say. No, a couple years ago when I did the performance for a oh. FPE. <laughs> oh yeah. Yep. My tit absolutely flew out of my they corset, and, and they were they were like glued down, <laughs> and they still like woo. Yeah, they were gonna. Do they were determined yeah. to be free. I think I got. In the, I I obviously got in the corset because of my mother. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. For those of you that haven't heard us before, my mother's also a lifestyle dominant. Um, but she she loves corsetry. She mm-hmm. loves corsetry. She actually has a private corsetry in the UK that she works with, um, and has worked with them for years. And I have to tell you, they are pricey, but they're fucking worth it. Um, but you know what I think as a child, why I liked them, why I liked the shape? I played violin. Mm-hmm. I think it made people look like a violin or yeah. a cello. And yep. for some reason, I, love I was it. like, I love that. I want to look like, yeah. I want to match my violin. Like, it was a weird yeah. childhood thing That's that cute. developed into it. That's adorable. <laughs> I actually really like that. <laughs> I'm like, oh, no. I want pictures of you as a child in a corset on your violin. Well, I wasn't in a corset as a child, but, like, I, I, was, I think I, I was probably, like, 13 when my mom, the little one, not, like, yeah. a proper time. Because you're still growing. Right. Your organs are still moving around. But, no, right. yeah. She definitely encouraged that, yeah. uh, that interest. <laughs> Yeah, I totally I can relate to that because like for me growing up and doing ballet and doing ballet up until adulthood. Yeah, that's another appeal of corsets is just what it can do for your posture. Mm-hmm. But I also like especially now that people are getting more adventurous with corsetry. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love how people are embracing the way that you can now modify your body. So mm-hmm. if you want to have a boxier shape there's something for that if you want to curve your shape there's something for that if you want to minimize something or downplay certain attributes that maybe you're not comfortable displaying there's something for that and you didn't used to see that diversity and so even our clothing is now mirroring I think our society and that to me is exciting that's pretty exciting I feel like it's a whole like renaissance of corsets It's a There's definitely more energy into uh, into people like experimenting with them because I know like you know in in the I guess in the 80s and in like in the 90s the corsets like going back to the comment of being the goth kid right so mm-hmm. in the 80s and 90s like fetish goth or mm-hmm. corsetry mm-hmm. was a big part of romantic goth kind of culture mm-hmm. and, and obviously fetish goth and things like that um, 
So you did it, but you were like very kind of ostracized for yeah. it. But now mm-hmm. you've kind of seen, and I don't know if it's like social media and like everyone has access to all these images and things mm-hmm. like that, but people are really, you know, I think it was when the Kardashians came out with the waist trainers. Yeah. All of a sudden, <laughs> when they did it, yeah. it was. It was and as much as I abhor them as individuals, I think <laughs> it's really great. It's kind of like the book that shall not be named terrible product but it interested a lot lot of people people in our lifestyle so it's great introduction but maybe not the best source material yeah i have a story for you about that book later okay okay oh thoughts um yeah no so i definitely i am partial to the underbust Mm -hmm. partially because i haven't been able to get a properly fitted overbust corset for Mm -hmm. the difference in size between my waist and my breasts and the shape of your breasts and the shape of my breasts it's really a shape that comes down because it yeah I can do a regular overbust, but it's cinched very poorly and it's uncomfortable in the not fun way. Right. Mm. And so I definitely prefer the underbust because it's a little bit easier to get one that's truer to size and that cinches properly. Mm-hmm. But also I love corset stealthing. Like I'm all for a show and stuff corset, but oh, like, corset wearing stealthing, it under your clothes. Yeah, and so that's a really big thing for me. I actually used to my first two years of college, I used to have um basically I'd be at school from essentially eight hours a day yeah. and then I go to work after yeah. and so I would wear an underbust corset under my clothes because it helps with my posture because I mm-hmm. realized I was having I do um tend to kind of naturally slouch or especially during class if I'm bored like lean on a table and that person who's like I'm paying attention and writing but my head's also laying down um <laughs> It really helps with that. And um, I really enjoyed that aspect of it. And so there's still what I'm partial to. I would love to get an overbust corset that's actually like made to fit. Nox, do you have any recommendations for people that are looking to get fitted for a corset? Do you have, you know, like providers that you use? Are you kind of like, I just kind of pick and choose as I go? I kind well, I mean, I've I've found people throughout the years, uh, you know, much like your mother, you find places that you you know the worksmanship you trust the people you know the measurements are sound and so you tend to go to them over and over again um unfortunately one of my favorite corseteers has passed away so I don't use that company anymore um but I did find a and it was just by happenstance but I've now transacted with them quite a few times um there's a store on Etsy called Mystic City write it down yeah mystic city is one of the ones that i have come across lately that has been one of the higher quality um they use better materials the fit Mm -hmm. is very true to measurement um they're very great at working with you so if you i mean they're very responsive as sellers which of course etsy of course they are but i've i've been able to order several corsets from them and as my weight has fluctuated Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've actually built kind of like a customer profile. And okay. so I've been able to just cold email them and say, Hey, listen, you advertise this corset and this fabric. I really like that, but I noticed you're not offering these that. And so it is technically like a special order, which I'm more than happy yeah. to pay for. Sure, but yeah. I've, I've literally had no problems and they have been able to manufacture corsets at incredible speeds. I mean, I've, I've been able to make an order like that on a custom design and get the item itself within like a month. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. That, that needs to show you. Don't be afraid to ask. If you're working with an mm-hmm. artisan or a craftsman of any kind, understand that it is, it may, it's going to cost you, but that's their mm-hmm. time. That's their craft. That's their livelihood. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. ask, you might be surprised whether they can produce for you. And it's yeah. important to go with somebody that having started very young in corsets and done all of the, you can hurt yeah if you are wearing a cheaply made corset and you're trying to tight lace it right I or definitely trying. almost stabbed my kindies out one time yeah depending because... on what it's boned in yeah oh, that's mm-hmm. good yeah do you have I'm... a boning preference no do you have a boning preference for your corset i do okay. i do i like full steel i do not like spiral steel okay um, because I do you kind of differentiate those for our, our audience yeah so the spiral steel tends to be a little more flexible um it's still a very good quality corset but it's meant to give you a little bit more movement and breathability as you wear the garment whereas a full steel boning is much more 
in that traditional vein of not being able to bend over correctly, mm-hmm. you know, really having to bend from the hips and not the waist. Um, it tends to be far more rigid. Mm-hmm. Um, and the maintenance tends to be a little, a little more intense, just in the sense that you have to actually check your seaming more often. But uh, I am vehemently opposed to plastic. Well, but not just because the environment factor, because I mean, obviously that's a big one, but it just, they look like shit. Yeah. And I've yet to see, I mean, unless, unless you're wearing it just because, you know, you're wearing it for sex or like a cute photo op, those are really disposable corsets. You wear them once, they're misshapen, Mm -hmm. you can never get them back. And honestly, if you, you know, you go on Amazon or any of those mass retailers, Mm -hmm. almost everything you find is plastic. Yeah. And you get what you pay for. I mean, if you see a great corset that's sexy, but it's only 20 bucks, that's your clue. Yeah. You know, like if a corset costs you under $100, I would ask a lot of questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I have gotten some, so I prefer the the spiral steel, mm-hmm. but it's because of my mobility issues. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm hypermobile. Mm-hmm. The corset gives me support, but also lets my body still pop do its weird, <laughs> pop out of place less frequently. <laughs> but when I'm like doing crazy shit with my body, I can still mm-hmm. move the upper portion of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have found a couple of places where I've gotten spiral steel for a more inexpensive place, but the ethics behind it are yeah. mm. like it's a lot of stolen design stolen design yeah and the quality of the rest of the materials are not really great mm-hmm. um I definitely agree plastic particularly since I am a curvy girl mm-hmm. um the okay. body heat <laughs> and the oh, yeah. stays yeah. they mm-hmm. will like she said in one time it warps yeah. and you'll mm-hmm. never doesn't matter what you do it will always be like that, particularly if you're trying to do anything more than like just lay it on your body. Right. If you're not already a perfect hourglass shape and you're trying to tight cinch with a plastic corset, oh, yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think this is a failed endeavor. This yes. is not going to do well. I, Other than like, again, poking your lungs out because yeah. it's going to shoot through yep. your fabric instead. Of you. <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of those, a lot of the, the ones from costume shops right. or lingerie shops, shop, like, more mass-produced public places they're not the corsets themselves aren't cut to be hourglass they're cut on a square body right Right. Mm -hmm. so when you're trying to tight everything just goes in the wrong direction because that's not what it's meant right to be thoughts caitlin oh yeah no i was just gonna say that madam actually stole my uh (laughs) stole the stole the thing i was going for (laughs) i granted it to her to my brain she just like is in my head and just took it it's fine hers to take um but no so it uh because i was going to bring up you know the different boning and stuff because Mm -hmm. Funny you should mention uh, plastic boning gain step to death because the first course that I ever <laughs> the first course that I ever got actually if um if any of the people listening are on my fet life um my first profile picture my first picture ever on fet life I'm in a uh, Spencer's okay. special oh. of uh, a red corset okay, uh, nice. that I had yeah. tight lace because I do have the hourglass shape and I couldn't. I was trying to tightly it because I couldn't get it to sit right because it was just basically like scrunching up. Yeah, scrunching yeah. up because it wasn't following my body even though I wasn't super really tight lacing. But um, so cheap, cheap, cheap plastic. I was in the middle of Ren Fair. Um, I was going oh, with a too. yeah, I was going with a play partner at the time. It was our first like public debut. Mm. Um, and so we were going to Ren Fair and we actually ran into a few of his coworkers and things like that. And I was like, oh great, I look like a whore. Perfect. Isn't that the that's idea? How, that's kind of the idea. Um, <laughs> <but> <laughs> uh, so we're, we're in the middle of Ren Fair in Florida in March, which is generally, honestly, very hot. Yeah. Uh, I think it was like 95 that day. Yeah. Uh, we're walking and we're walking and we're walking. And all of a sudden, the two um, side pieces of the boning just snap. Oh, and I was like, well, that hurt. Well, oh. am, I, am I dead? <laughs> um, they didn't like cut me or anything, but you know, it's then they're weird and misshapen. And I'm like, Sticking we still out. have like another three hours here, oh and I can't God. take it off because they're not wearing anything underneath it because it's literally a top. lingerie corset. Oh, that was the top, and it was the top. 
Um, so yeah, no. And since then, I'm. I always kind of liked the idea of Flexbone just because it was a little bit more mobile for stealthing. But at the same time, I'm like, but it really doesn't do anything for me except be uncomfortable. Okay. And so I had to own up to that and be like, okay, maybe I need to buy like a grown-up corset, like which big, I got. A big girl corset. Yes, yeah. and I'm almost small enough to fit back into. I know. Because I, I bought it and then immediately gained 40 pounds. Is that freaking quarantine? <laughs> well, it was far before quarantine, but we'll blame it on that. I've blame I've everything wrong in my life. Everything wrong with like, oh, fucking COVID. Yep. (laughs) Now, when it comes to corsetry with your play, is it really for you about the wearing of the corset? Do you incorporate them into scenes in other ways, or is it primarily just the wearing of the corset that kind of gets you going? I, I, so I am lucky enough that my slave is a corset enthusiast, but her (laughs) fetish is not wearing them; it's lacing people up in them. Oh, so it's like match made in convenient. <laughs> yeah, it it and she is fucking brilliant at it. Um, so no, we actually incorporate that into play. So part of like the, you know, getting dressed and prepping for an evening, to get her in that submissive mindset is to lace me. Um, um, and I'll let her, I'll ha- let her even sometimes pick out the corset that I want to wear, depending on like what we're doing. Um, it's the only time that I'll allow that. <laughs> yeah, right. But like when we get to the venue, that is actually kind of like the start of our scene. Okay. It's like, like lace me up, dress me, and when I'm ready, now we'll begin. Like yes, that. no, I, I do like, like that. that. Like the that. the one time I've gotten to dress you before one of our scenes. Well, right. I got to put your boots you on. Boots but on. it's I can see. They were five eyes, it took a while. Yeah. <laughs> it took a while. No, to definitely. Up. I can <laughs> I can definitely see like that being because that was a very like I was like, I don't know what we're doing, but I really like but this. I mean, I think lacing someone is very intimate as well. That's a very intimate service, too. Like, when you're talking about, you know, the different types of submission, you know what I mean? If you have a truly service-oriented person, Mm -hmm. you know, acting as a butler or a valet or something Mm -hmm. like that is just mind-blowing for that. Absolutely. It was, like, it was a combination of that and the service side and also the, like, I get to do this, not Spiels like. What was your plan? Because that's, that's specifically like his thing, though, is like he does your shoes. And so it's like, I get to do it. <laughs> He's brooding angrily in the corner. <laughs> He's a cock, it's fine. <laughs> um, so I have it from the other side okay. because um, for the most part, I am either responsible for lacing myself into things, right. which thank the gods I'm hypermobile because that makes that easier. Uh, also doorknobs, um, <laughs> doorknobs. <laughs> doorknobs and hyperflexibility, but my sir has also done my corsets for me. Mm. Um, and I will tell you, it is an a, experience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, wait, he offered to do mine. She was like, no, 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 no. I wouldn't, I would not have turned you down for getting sir to do your corset. Absolutely not. Just like, experience. just, just be, want these experience of him standing by <laughs> Oh, because he would, he like tightened it all the way down. And then to make sure he could get it that last little bit, he put his knee in my back. Yeah. Um, my sister did that to me for it, my mother's wedding because she had us wear corsets to that. I, I like, love it. <laughs> I wore a corset to somebody's wedding too, but they hate me. So it's funny. I did it on purpose to piss them off. Oh, it was required. My mother insisted. <laughs> yeah. But they looked fantastic. Yeah. Oh, yes. fun. <laughs> But, you know, you can use corsets for punishment. That punishment? Yeah, for some mm. I want to push Fieldswig in one so bad. I have you should several. talk to um, my alpha, because my alpha really enjoys his corsets. He very handsome. And he has, he, he has this amazing oh, masculine cut corset. Oh. I, I love the look of those uh, with a suit, like instead yes. of a vest, the, the male, the male oh. masculine corsets. Oh. But I oh also God. like, he and I do some sensitification, so I kind of want to put him, make him look like a bitch. I have so. several. <laughs> oh my God, we can do that in my Yes, no, I will send you pictures. <laughs> I'm like, I'm thinking of stockings with his garters attached oh, to his, his corset. Oh, I need to show yes. you a picture after this. Yeah, involved. Yes. 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 We're talking about corsets, not stockings. Although <laughs> they do kind of, they kind of go together. Um, what do you normally pair your corsets with when you're when you're out and about with for play or everyday wear or? Um, if it's everyday wear, I will do stealthing because I have uh, some latex corsets that I wear underneath my clothes, mm-hmm. um, especially if I'm waist training. 
Um, and I do, and I do wear her under. A lot of neoprene. Um, for play, usually I will partner them with like leather leggings or thigh high boots. Um, here lately, I've been on a weird kick of just wearing um, the corset itself and a really sexy G string and a pair of thigh highs. Yes, yeah. yes, that's what I like to see. Tits up, ass out. Hey. Yes. Yep. Hey, I'm just thinking about the time that we were in that uh, weird public bathroom together and we were both in latex and we were like sounding like a water balloon fight. Like, trying, to, <laughs> <laughs> trying to readjust after taking a thing. It was like at a restaurant. It was not, it was before Dungeon. Yeah. Like, we wore the latex clothes under our regular clothes because it's like a bit fun. And also, I didn't want to have to squeeze into the latex when we got there. We were like, it sounded like a water balloon fight. Speaking <laughs> of uh, stealthing, was it like, ooh. No, that was so hilarious, too, because it was like, here, help me adjust this. And it's like, I'm sliding, too. I can't. Yeah. <laughs> I can get in there, but you got to help me back as well. <laughs> oh, my God. That is so true. <laughs> you have a handful of thoughts. You have a handful Kidding. of thoughts. Uh, one under. I'm at four. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, no, because we brought up, uh, course, uh, not to mention corset training. Right. So I was wondering if you have any tips on it, because that's honestly something I'm really interested in especially getting back into, and it was actually one of our first assignments, uh, my first like historical history, research history was courses. the history of corsets. And you know, in that I kind of came back to the conclusion, you know, I actually really do love corsets. I, I want to start getting back into that. Uh, but I'm always kind of at a loss on where to start with training itself. So for me, um, I start with those, you know, like the stealthing corsets, like I was talking about neoprene or something like that. One to get used to just having something against your skin like that. Mm -hmm. Because um, one of the things that people don't really ever go over is putting a barrier between the corset and your body. Yeah. yeah. Whether it's like a little camisole or even like a kitchen towel, you know, just to have something against your skin. Because if you're going to do it and do corset training where you're wearing one like every day, that's going to be a hygiene factor for the, the material mm -hmm. itself, right? Because you're not throwing these in the washing machine. Yeah. Right. No, no, no. Don't put right. your don't put don't. your high-end courses in a washing machine. Please don't do that. And for the love of Christ, don't Febreze them. <gasps> yeah, I've seen people do that at cons. What? Yeah, I've seen people like literally just like the furniture Febreze spray, just like No. Yeah. Yeah. Come near that shit and see what happens. Legit though. But no, but that's but that's something, you know, for everyday like waist training like you're talking about. Um, I would definitely invest in a neoprene one because you can wipe them down, especially as you sweat okay. and that you can wipe yourself down, but it gets you in the habit of putting it on every day. It gets you in the habit of having that feeling. Mm -hmm. And so as you start getting the ability to cinch them down and get smaller and smaller, the hard part's already done. Yeah. Cause yeah. that really the hard part is can I sit down? Can I drive? Can I go grocery shopping? And, mm -hmm. you know, from a dominant perspective, I love to walk people comfortable. But yeah. from a submissive perspective, that could be a pain in the ass. The, the practicality isn't there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the other reason to wear a barrier between the um, corset and your skin is um, you sweat. Yes. No matter how prim and proper you are, oh, I sweat like you a glisten, you wow. sweat. Yeah. Um, and if you have a metal boning in there, the salt reacting to it can actually rust out your bones. Hmm. And that causes a whole nother level of problem. Tetanus. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But actually, yes. But actually, yes. <laughs> um, that's terrifying. <laughs> it killed my corset. Speaking I mean, of uh, things about. that, like, can you do these things in a corset? Um, so horror story. I'm ready. Mm. Uh, I ride a motorcycle. Mm. If you are unaware. Yes, I have my champagne already. <laughs> I ride a motorcycle in my corsets yeah. upon occasion. I think I've done that once. I, because I generally am riding places yeah. by myself to dungeons and mm -hmm. such, I'm constantly doing it. Yeah. Well, I had not trimmed the laces oh, no! of my corset. All right, well, we'll start by saying she's alive so i can i'm I think, alive I think the worst possible factor. thing is gone that's fine okay. yeah so i'm going across the howard franklin oh, no. bridge at like 80 miles per hour 
my God. And oh, all with of the death hazard flapping behind me and my wheels spinning. I, well, I, I always tuck mine. They're uh-huh. tucked up into okay, themselves. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, they, they had untucked themselves. Oh, you eight um, miles an hour on a bridge. <laughs> well, I was coming from the shed home. God. Yes. So, and it had been open. It had been chilling out. It, like, it, at some point in the two and a half-ish hour ride to my house, it had come out. So I'm going across the bridge, and all of a sudden, I hear, I feel this, like, pop. And I'm like, the fuck was that? But I'm still going, so I'm like, whatever. Gonna keep going. Puppy! Okay, y'all, there's an adorable puppy dog on the screen, and we have to stop for puppies. Hi, Nobby. Sorry, we love puppies. Hello, darling. But yeah, so I continue the ride home, which is another like 10 to 15 miles. At this point, I might as well. Well, I don't know what's happened. Like, I was just like, Whatever, yeah, like everything right, okay. behind me looks fine. The bike isn't misbehaving. I lost a pipe. I tried to get off of the bike, <laughs> and I couldn't get off the bike. Oh, no. <laughs> the, the lacing the had gotten wrapped around the axle. Oh my god! And had spun around the axle somehow, not killing me. Killing me. <laughs> Pulling out my spine. And the big pop was. Part of the lacing snapping out of the, but the rest of me was still perfectly tied in. It was, yeah. So if you're gonna ride a motorcycle, make sure your tails are not only tucked but secured. I had I had Spitzberg as a passenger last week, and he was in these jeans with. Oh no! They're like essentially they're not as bad as strip pants, but they have like these suspenders hanging on or whatever. And I was like, I was he's he rides bitch, and I. I looked in my mirror and I was like, he's not sitting on them. This is how he dies. This is how he dies. He tried to kill you. <laughs> and I pulled over and I was like, you need to tuck that shit immediately. Because <laughs> if oh, you no. fall, you're, I know you're not going to let go of me. You're taking no, you both t- down and Three. I do not want to die. No, because he's yeah. still not that comfortable on the bike. So oh, he's to get on the yeah. motorcycle. He's I mean, I don't blame him. I've been on your bike once. It was... My other chair is fine, but somewhat arousing. <laughs> he is also scaroused by yeah. the experience. So, yeah, no, it was, oh, that, that's scary. Especially because, oh, yeah, his pants. I mean. He looks I, good in those pants, oh, but I thought so he was going to die that evening. That's fair. That is so terrible. didn't die. Mm-hmm. I'm quite fond of both of you. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, no, so. Do you have any more thoughts on the? You had a whole like well, handful. Well, I had I had two more, but I lost them. Um, oh, so I'm trying to make them come back. It's because they weren't on my nose. I mm-hmm. put them down for vanity's sake, and right. that was a mistake. Um, no, but yeah, because corset train training is something I want to get back in, as well as corset stocking because I now live back with my family, and so that's going to be a big factor in how presentable presentable I can be because I have a underage little sister. I so. empathize, but I cannot relate. That's fair. <laughs> yeah. So like, like, I can with like, you, but I can't relate. As much as I would love to just be in course at 24-7, that's the thing. Because for me, it kind of ties into the even dollification like, and bimification like, over, uh, like, a button-down blouse, like, then it's just, like, a, it's a piece of wardrobe. Yeah. If you're not, like, wearing lingerie to your kitchen table right. with, like, your underage sister, that's weird, sure. But, right. like, if, you know, you have, like, dress pants and a button-down shirt and, a, like, a waist trainer corset on. I mean, this is just a sophisticated look. It's very elegant. It is very elegant. You know what I mean? It's not, like, yeah. it's not risque or racy in this Right. Sense. It's more so just my mother already freaks out about all sorts of things that she asks questions about that she doesn't want the answer to, even though I, I'm, I'm definitely... Do you want this answer? No. Then don't ask. Then don't ask. <laughs> don't ask. Yeah. Then don't ask. But, uh, no, and so for me, it also kind of ties into that dollification and bimbification line that I've sort of been walking mm-hmm. and, like, playing the edge with. Because for me, it's – when I think of those things, I think of the very kind of societal, hyper-sexualized woman and what that aesthetic looks like to the mass public. Sure. And corset training really fits achieves that, that aesthetic, in my yeah. sense. Especially for me, because I already do have the very pronounced – hourglass waistline it kind of over exaggerates it which takes it that little bit further which Mm -hmm. i really really like yeah yeah overlapping fetishes i think is something good have you found that in your experience some of your own fetishes kind of overlap with corsetry or the people that you play with yeah Uh, what are some of your big ones you think um so i on top of you know being part of the leather lifestyle i am a leather fetishist so Mm -hmm. having that Mm -hmm. that smell even the taste of leather and like leather cleaning products. Um, yes. 
is um but i also have found that specifically with masculine bodies mm -hmm. i appreciate corsetry more okay. because like we're talking about just how classy it looks with a suit or how classy oh, it looks yes there's nothing like it and no. you know like and and i appreciate like on the feminine forms that are more curvy the same thing with you know talking about the dollification and things like that absolutely um it, it's beyond sexy but when you pair that with high heels and high heel bondage oh. you know rope strings, i mean that that right there to have especially if you're doing you know a performance or something like that and you see it all over the internet it's easy to find but women in corsets and high heels that are being suspended in rope yes done done yeah yeah hands down but i also really enjoy impact with corsets okay as, the, as the giver of impact or as the bottom within like would you like working with bottoms wearing corsets I like I like playing with bottoms who are wearing them, um, but I also enjoy doing impact while wearing them because I find it pushes my limits. Yeah, it's definitely a workout. It's already a workout, but I feel like now it's an endurance sport. I, <laughs> I know. It's a, it's a very underrated cardio. It really is. You know, you think we'd have nicer arms with all the, you know, with all the vlogging instead of my little chicken wings. The They're just way. decoration for women. Oh yeah, yeah. The oh ripple. yeah. Fading the ripple. <laughs> Um, now, when it comes to doing things like combining corsets with things like rope or impact, have there been any different approaches you feel that you've had to learn to kind of take with it as far as safety precautions go by adding that extra kind of like factor to it? Constriction. Um, yeah, breathing is the big one, obviously, <laughs> because it, I mean, corsetry can turn into unintentional breath play. Which is why I love it so much. But that might not be it's not everyone's. Unintentional. Right. <laughs> but that's, but that's, I mean, kind of, it goes into that too, because, and that, and I had mentioned it earlier, corsetry for punishment, mm. same kind of a thing. I can tight lace somebody and make it breath play and make it a punishment and make you go do house chores. Mm -hmm. And it's not pleasant. It's sexy as hell for me as a sadist, but it's not pleasant for you at the bottom. And, but likewise too, in a dungeon atmosphere, if I play with somebody who is wearing a corset, I will loosen it up just so that their breathing is not impacted. Oh, that's yeah. a very good Because I have heard kind of like that horror story of people who are like, oh yeah, I played on a corset, but then they hit me and I gasped too hard and then I couldn't get my breath back. And, and like, I pass out. Yeah, that's, I yeah. Like, oh, that's a thing. Um, specifically with rope, you have to be careful. Rope bondage and corsets, in my opinion, are not for people who are inexperienced in either of those things. No, yeah. that's extra um, level play though. If you, because if yeah. you're wearing the same reason that we tell people not to wear like underwire oh. bras, yeah, because that Made flimsy that cheap little piece of metal Ouch. could literally puncture your lungs. Mm -hmm. A cheap corset or even a a decent corset and rope done wrong, yeah, can mm -hmm. be a serious risk level. So if you want to do that. Definitely, risk aware, but <laughs> it's risk aware and talk to people who are knowledgeable in corsetry and bondage yeah. before you jump into that. We say it all the time on this podcast, rope is edge play. Yes. Anyone who says that's otherwise, don't put it. <laughs> right? Walk away. <laughs> Walk away. <laughs> At least but I think that's why you tend to see it more with like photography and video than you do like performances, right? Versus right. actual play. So, because it's, it's, again, it's more visual impact than it is the sensation impact of the person you're playing with. But I think, I mean, definitely corsetry can be edge play as well. So you're combining two forms of edge play. That's hella dangerous. I don't yeah, care right. who you are, right. you know? And yeah, that takes extra communication, extra consideration. And you get to learn out really fast if your safety shears are worth a shit. Right. Oh, I bet. And then... This is why I have multiple types of safety shears yep. at all times when yes. I am. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Um, Did you? Oh, I had another thing and I lost okay. it. That's right. So, I, mean, I lost oh, mine. Oh, oh wait, I got it. Go for it. The other thing about like you see it in pictures and things like uh -huh. that, it, particularly the more like edgy bondagey stuff. Yeah. People don't realize that. Yes, we can do crazy shit on stage, mm -hmm. but there is stuff that we can make a picture of. 
because there's literally someone standing there Holding supporting them. the body and then you're ready and they step out of the scene, they take the shot, then they come right back yeah. in. Yep. So don't trust everything you see on the internet. Kids. Not everything on <laughs> right. the internet, not it's every true. still frame is going to be something that is obtainable. reproducible and obtainable yes. to the general public. Very Especially as a scene. Very important disclaimer. Yes. What's your thought? Oh no, I had it. I got lost it. I had it again. I lost it. Oh, and like for me personally, when it comes to kind of like journey there, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to life in my brain. Um for me personally, especially though, because I do enjoy really enjoy courses. I also have learned to really enjoy rope from the kind of endurance and masochistic type thing. For me, I don't know if it would accentuate the play for me or honestly take away from rope play for me to do rope play in a corset if I'm being tied around the corset because part of rope for me is that skin constriction contact. and the skin contact and the friction between it. If I'm already constricted by the corset, I honestly don't know if I would enjoy rope love as much. a good rope corset. Oh yeah. Oh, rope corsets are amazing. I had a, one of my very first Halloweens in Tampa, once I got into like the Tampa scene, cause yeah. I was already in the Orlando scene. I actually wore a full rope corset. Mm-hmm. Hey, yeah, I like the rope corset with the rope garters. That's yeah. a great oh, look, man. I was a marionette doll. That's oh. on, Waddling around down, like Ebor in point shoes Waddling and rope. <laughs> yes, it was it a wobbling. <laughs> but we okay. talked about a whole bunch of awesome shit about corsets. Yep. Let's bust some myths. Okay. Mm. Your eyebrows just went up. You're like, ooh. She's like, I'm ready. So a lot of people are like, no matter how much, like, it's become popular fashion Mm -hmm. and things like that, and you see it on celebrities, people are like, oh, it's so terrible for your body. It's this. Mm -hmm. It's that. And so many of those assumptions on what corsetry and corset wearing is are so full of shit. <laughs> so are those six martinis a day, Karen, but I ain't Ooh! stopping you, am I? <laughs> True. Um, so for me, the first one I'm going to mm. hit out there is that corsets hurt. Corsets don't have to. They don't have to. hurt. Mm-hmm. But if you're wearing your corset for everyday wear, it shouldn't hurt. Right. Like, it might be a little uncomfortable. It might be uncomfortable to get used to the posture. Right. Which you're probably used to start to. Because you're used to, you know, yeah. walk around like a sloth all day. <laughs> gorilla. <laughs> um, but they can actually be excellent for your posture. Mm-hmm. Um, I know a bunch of zebras, people who have mm-hmm. EDS like I do, who wear corsets because they help us keep our ribs from dislocating. Mm-hmm. Important. Um, people who have like scoliosis or other spinal curvatures will wear corsets. Instead of an ugly back brace. Instead of a back brace. I also, when I had a um, umbilical hernia. Okay. So where you get a hernia that's like right under your belly okay. button spot. Oh, yeah. Very yeah. horrible. Totally terrible. They're like, oh, you have to go buy this really expensive um, binder. And I was like, could I just wear a waist training corset? And they were like, I guess. Oh, yeah. No, that's the same thing. And I was well, like, great, because I've got three of those at home. Thanks. Yeah. Um, but they can be very, very supportive. Right. And honestly, I feel really comfortable in them. Like, yeah. I feel because I'm so wibbly wobbly, especially in my spine, like wearing a corset on a regular basis helps me feel more stable. Yeah. Actually, that. Yeah. that makes sense. You got one? Oh, I had a question for you actually kind of based around that because uh, we were talking about zebras are people yes. with EDS and things like that. Now, it can be beneficial because it kind of helps keep it in place. But have you found that it can be riskier because the possibility of kind of t- lacing too tight and dislocating it basically in compressing them too much or how does that work? So for those who are unaware, the term zebra is for people who have rare genetic disorders. Um, Cause you know, if the saying is like, oh, if it's got, if it sounds like a horse and it's got hooves, it's probably a horse. Right. Except for when it's a zebra. Right. Like, okay. The, yeah. So that's, that's where we get the term zebra for people. And particularly people who have Ehlers-Danlos syndrome or EDS, there are 13 different types. So we are a herd of zebra. Mm-hmm. Um, for us, so the dislocation of your organs and or bones is mostly fictitious. Um, you don't actually shove your organs in different low places. Locations. Well, you can squish it. 
Now your ribs do float. Um, I have not known anyone who has had additional issues with tight lacing their corsets where they dislocate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't remember the last time I didn't tight lace a corset. All of mine are very nice and close together um, because that's how I like to wear them. That's where it's comfortable. Mm -hmm. Um, I have never dislocated a rib. I can dislocate a rib sitting at this table chatting with you ladies. But, but we all know what happens. But not in a corset. But not in a corset. Yeah. I've never had Dare it. Blame yeah. my corset. Because I know that that kind of is kind of a myth surrounding corsets that, oh, if you lace them too tight, you're going to dislocate something or displace organs. But I didn't know if that was actually a risk factor with that particular so issue. For so. the vast majority of humanity, dislocating your ribs is has to take like extreme front force, force. Right? Yeah, like force. a big force. Your your ribs do not dislocate yeah. willy nilly. Um, if you have a disorder like I do, they can. With the lacing, like being able to adjust how tight they are over our ribs means that we can actually like hold them where they're supposed to be. Right. So that they are less frequently pop out. falling out of place. Oh, that's fair. Yeah, like you may feel like your liver is in your throat, but I promise it's not. <laughs> I promise yeah, it's actually. not. That feeling will fade. I promise you're just being a big squish. Also for as a big girl, um, the other trick with like feeling less like you're about to like squish things into the wrong location is I found even though I have a short torso mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I'm a round bitch, um, <laughs> I like long line corsets. Okay, yeah. I got gotcha. you. Because they come Covers down a little. It, it comes down and like contains the fupa, right. but it reduces that risk of. <laughs> For my corsets that are like a shorter, yeah, like a shorter or like appropriately sized yeah. for my height, right? The whole bottom of my fupa is just it would, like, yeah. it would be like That's a the, it would be like a crop top for yeah. Caitlin and I if we wore like a U sized corset. The, no, well, the muffin. No. The yeah. other way. Yeah, you have a long torso, do you? I do, yeah. So I I prefer long lines, but it's because how because I do have a natural hourglass, um, and my bust actually makes the top part a little larger. Um, But my circumference from my rib cage to my hips is actually within an inch of each other. So, so for me wearing a long line actually helps, especially if I'm just standing, like if I know I'm doing a stand and model kind of a night, I'm going to wear a long line corset because it also tailors my hips a little bit better. Yeah. I do like the flare that it creates. Oh yeah. That's so sad. Yeah, I'm always so torn when it comes to length. I think that's my hardest thing. Like my my thing is like the jump between like my breast size and my waist size, but also like the length of my torso because while I'm a very tall individual, I have a very very short you're torso. Y'all leg, y'all leg. I'm all leg because the muck <laughs> and I. She might be a little bit taller than me if we both sit up straight. Instead of like, straight, she might be taller. No, I think we're, I think we've measured it. We're exactly the same as long as we're sitting down. Cause like, I think I've told on here before, but my high school ex-girlfriend and I, she's all of 4'11". I'm all of 5'10", and she's taller than me sitting down because my torso is that short. And I find it hard to figure out sort of what length of corset to get because if I get it too long, I can't sit because it goes too far down on my hips. But at the same time, like even the short torso corsets, the waist where it actually starts to pull is under where my natural waist falls. So we're saying short, but there's like a regular sized one, yeah. a long one, one, and then there's the short, short. one, yeah, which you right. probably should never have tried. The short one is like yeah, very a, small people. A very regular small, one will still people. come down under, under just the waist. Before, yeah, well, yeah. Under your waist It'll before, go like, the, the, before the real swell of your hips, yeah. I think. Yeah. Is I basically am like a busted souffle. Yeah. Okay. Like out the yeah. bottom, if I have a regular... <laughs> That's yeah. about, yeah, like, or a sausage is, like, yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I don't know that I've tried the short short. I think I've tried, like, the regular. Like, no. But even the regular, for me, because where my waist falls, it's very close to kind of where my bust line is. And so when I put a corset on, it starts That's to because, cinch around my if hips. If the titties were up here, then it would fit. <laughs> yeah. So if you're having a properly fitted corset, yeah. you're not going to have that. I think we just need to properly fit her. She doesn't need to be properly, she needs to be properly measured and fitted. That's There's it. also the vamp on the front, too, because when you talk about the panel, like we're yeah. talking about when you have the panel that goes down there's a lot of corsets now especially that have non-traditional shapes yeah. where you're going to have the cutout where the hip isn't covered but the panel is going to go longer towards mm-hmm. your crotch yeah okay yep. you can hide your little apron if you need to yeah, yeah. So i do have a nice if you're little insecure about your apron you can hide it in one of these. 
No matter how skinny I yeah. get, my FUPA stays. Yeah. I think that's one of them as well. It's like, you don't have to have a certain body type to wear a corset. And when, that's not just for, for feminine-shaped bodies as well. Like, we talked briefly about masculine or male-presenting mm-hmm. corsets that are designed for that kind of more rectangular shape. Yeah. Like, anyone can wear one. You just have to get your right measurements. And that's where, like, you really need to get, like, some a friggin' measurement tape like for sewing and measure yourself. And you need to have someone else someone measure. Someone else measure you because yeah. if you're turning around, you're right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I tell well, people when doing like uh, chest ropes, never have your yeah. bottom have their arm up mm-hmm. because when they put their arms down, it completely ch- yeah, changes, changes mm-hmm. the structure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like a motherfucker. Unless Which is why I love it. <laughs> right, but but that might not be not what you were for. <laughs> Well, that's like one of the, um, so one of the classes that I taught out here in LA recently was actually geared towards, um, gender queer identities and gender fluidity and how to use, uh, corsets to manipulate that shape based on what you're trying to showcase. I love love that a lot. Yeah. Because like, um, especially, you know, trans bodies, when you're learning how to really make that outward appearance match how you feel inside. Mm-hmm. Corsets can help you with that because you're you're now able to manipulate that shape to have your true identity. And until you, I think until you really meet somebody that's a corset enthusiast that can show you how to make that fit, that can be really daunting. Oh, yeah. It's daunting, you know, it's daunting for us as well. Yeah. Well, it, well but I mean. But even it, more so, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like if it's sure. daunting for somebody that, you know, has a more of a stereotypical presenting identity, that is just harder. Sure. Absolutely. And that's, that's actually one of my favorite things to show people is like, okay, you have a very stereotypically male presentation. I'm going to show you that I can make you look like a girl, you know, and vice versa, <laughs> taking somebody that's very, very overly femme and showing them, I'm going to make you look like a box and I'm gonna put a t-shirt on you and you're going to look like a gig- you know, I'm going to make you look like a boy mm-hmm. and we're going to gender bend this. And that's, that's something that I think a lot of people forget. Hmm. I think they forget that corsets are still a tool. Yeah. And it's not just the one shape tool. Like we talked a lot about the hourglass figure because that's what we typically prefer, but that's mm-hmm. not the only way to do this. Right. Right. Okay. I lost. Oh, uh, wait, do you have something? Cause go. go. Okay. I don't have a complete You're... thought, but uh, cause we were talking about um, the myth of like the damage that corsets can do to your body and how we've, come a far away with that do you think that the use of the edwardian corset has a lot to do with that because it was the one that makes kind of a more pronounced your front is very flat but then your butt is very pronounced because they wanted oh, the bigger it, butt in the back and so oh, that one actually did cause a lot of, i just got a thought on that yes. actually i was gonna talk about that yeah so my thought on that is uh so I follow a lot of historical costumers. Okay. They're they are academics you know, who study the shit, right? <laughs> Anyone should have known. Yeah. Um, and so they have done some really great work on the different styles of corsets in different eras. And the thing is, is when you think about the Edwardian corset, mm-hmm. you think of this like giant ass and kind of flat round tit, but all of that is fake. Almost none of that is actually done by the corseting. Mm -hmm. There is actually like bunting that goes into the top of the corset uh, to give your boobs a more flat, full round. Okay. Okay. That like, okay. As opposed to like, you know, the the slope, the ski slope situation I have, or like, okay. (laughs) It gives you that round. And then there's also basically butt bustles. Okay. They just. And they're, but they're the same kind of thing. They're the same material. They're a batting material that is put into like this little skirt bustle thing mm-hmm. that you I attach to yourself. Closet somewhere deep in the closet. <laughs> I have like six because I have an obsession yeah. with bustles. I think they're so fun. I have two. I have two. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but there were these bustle things. So the corset itself was just your underwear for a lot of time, which is why. The idea of tight lacing is actually a more um, modern modern mm-hmm. idea. Uh, royalty would kind of, sort of, but they've got like chemise and then you have your underdress and then you have your overdress and then you have a corset and then you have an overdress on that and then right. you have a cinch on that. Yeah. So, so there's, matter? there's not a lot of like tight lacing. No. Um, even workers wore corsets. Mm-hmm. It was just your underwear. Yeah. It was just your underwear for the longest time. And to not wear one, even as like a washerwoman, is like, yeah. <gasps> like 
Like I think, the, I think the invention of the metal eye hook is really what the, mm. the tight lacing took off. Yeah. Because before yeah. the metal eye hook was really invented, if you tried to tight lace one of these corsets, you're going to tear the fabric. Yeah. You're going to tear the fabric. And when you move into like the Edwardian period, you do mm-hmm. have those additional, even, even before that, you have those additional clothing pieces that go on mm-hmm. yeah. that gives you that hyper, hyper exaggerated Cheap. hourglass figure mm-hmm. Where none of that is real. It is all a facade. It's a beautiful illusion. I find really, really interesting because... I will send you links. Yes, well, because, like, so that, for me, because I was like, oh, well, maybe this one was actually bad. Because even when I was doing my research for, like, the paper I did with you, all of the, like, resources on the history of corsetry, it doesn't focus on the addition to, it focuses on the corset itself. And so it plays into that role of, no, this is just the corset doing that, which is obviously misrepresentation when you get into kind of like the really historic. Like fashion history, I think is a niche mark. Right. And so I find that really interesting. Women's history is debunked and and dramatized by male egos of what we did. I just think it's it's interesting because for me, I'm like, okay, well then where do I find where do we as a whole and our listeners in general find those more factitious so type shout uh, resources? Out, shout out uh Bernadette Banner on okay. YouTube. Is, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, okay. she's amazing. Uh, she is one of the, the ones. And then uh Kathy Hay. Okay. She's in Europe. She partners a lot How with the last name? H A Y. H A Y. Okay. Yeah. I think it might be H-A-Y-E. I, we will double check I, that. Yeah, yeah. I'll link okay. both of them in the show yes. notes. Yeah. But, um, and the two of them also do a lot of things, but they both do excellent, both demonstrations of reconstruct, reconstruction of historical pieces okay. all the way down to the chemise. Like, Bernadette has one on making Victorian underwear, and I'm like, <laughs> I want to do this. I already have the fabric for it. I'm so excited. Um, and then um, the English way... Okay. okay. Has a couple. They are um, actually a historical preservation society in England. Uh, okay. Um, and it's it's a manor house or it, oh, an estate. Oh, like a summer house and all that. Okay. That has oh. been. They do historical tours and things like that. And nice. but it's a they are historical recreationists. I okay. think is the term. Okay. Basically, they are the people of that time period. I got you. So like the kitchen runs. So the, the kitchen runs. runs. The, yeah. The, bathroom the runs. woman who runs the kitchen, like, oh my God, I want her as my grandma. <laughs> and I've even seen her like outside the, of the work. And you're like, they're the ones cooking <gasps> eggs like in the ash. Like they're yes. like, <laughs> they do it. They do it all ah, as you would have done. Like, no, no, no. I love it. <laughs> all that you would have done in the back of the day. These are like trips I want to do. Can I just um, go be like yes. trained for domestic service there? You don't want to have to do that. That would be terrible housework. Though I do know a couple of learning schools in England. Yeah, yeah. You, you don't, you don't want to do it. You don't want to have to be that kind of a maid. You're a nice modern maid. You can wear a corset as a nice modern maid. That'd be much, much better. Yeah, but yeah. It's one of the, the, the ranger shapes historical, historical is the shape corset. Say again, you cut out, do you? Sorry. That should be getting better. Um, the S-shaped corset. So it was actually pre-Edwardian and it was one of the ones that also mimicked scoliosis. Mm-hmm. which is why they called it the S shape. Mm-hmm. And that's the other one that I think a lot of movies capitalized on, especially the older horror movies. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you see that a lot in early film, but one of the things too about corsets that people forget that they're, they're, they were such an integrated garment with what you wore every day that you pinned your jackets to them. So you're, there were a lot of times that the front panel of your corset was fully visible because your your blouse and your sleeves would be pinned to that, your skirt would be put on top of that, so that that front, uh, you know, what we see now with the the metal grommets in the front of it and how they kind of loop together, that would be outward facing to the people that you were interacting with, and that would also show wealth and class. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, and and industrialization, I think, really changed a lot of that. Yeah, but that's but that right there is where you would instantly see which class you fell into and where you belonged. Yeah. Like the dirndls in Germany, like how you tie your apron or what decoration you have tells you Mm -hmm. what social class you are. Mm -hmm. It tells you where you're from and it tells you if you're available or not. (laughs) There's actually a corset museum. (gasps) Can we go? 
Australia. It's either in England or New York. One of so, those two places. Well, it's know. either in London or New York. I can't remember. Uh, but yeah, Bernadette did a tour through it and <gasps> got to see like legit. <gasps> and I like, I was coming in my seat. That's, That's fair. Nice. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> That's fair. What's on your snoot? I lost my snoot. Lost I'm snoot. trying to regain my snoot. Um. Oh, the, um. <laughs> sorry, the kind of like. Because uh, Knox referred to kind of like the industrialization, of course, of chain, like how it's kind of changed it. Now, so for me, when I was first getting into it, a lot of the sources that I was reading because they were, you know, the regularly available quick fashion, because I am of the age where I came into it, unfortunately, around the same time that the Kardashians were really kicking off with waist training, mm-hmm. just because of that's a thing. Just right. like I was also technically in the same time frame as like the book that shall not be named but I wasn't there because of the book that shall not be named um and so for me a lot of the sources I was finding were like no get the quick fashion get the cheaply made to see if you like it to test it out do you feel like that that is a valid thing to do entering course of treat or should you try to go more into the well-made courses do you think that that has the possibility to turn people off of corsets if they have a bad so you're talking about like financial accessibility of course tree okay no, I, I am 100% on board with going the cheaper route to see what works for your body because corsetry can be a huge investment, yeah. um, especially, and like, I mean, come on, with anything fetish related, right? Yeah. It Once once you're in it, you know it, it's your thing, you're going to go nuts with it anyway. So yeah. I, I think bare bones just starting, grabbing a couple of cheap corsets from Amazon or Walmart, because sometimes you can find the cheap and slutty at Walmart. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we've all been there. Um, <laughs> but I but really recommend great, uh, it's great way to story for yeah. those, like your entry point. Yeah, yeah. Corsets, but corset story too can get really expensive really quick. It can, but they always run sales. Yeah, and if you're like, because they do a lot of like buy one get three or like like yeah. buy two get one kind okay. of things especially on their like lower end right. but they're still they're still going to be either spiral steel or solid steel yeah. like they're they're not amazing yeah but I have a couple right. of them that lasted me you know my black one that has the flip locks oh yeah yeah mm-hmm. Absolutely, that's where that came from. Yeah, because I got all of my first, honestly, all except for one course that I own were from Amazon because Amazon runs a special where if you buy it in like June, corsets are considered Halloween accessories, so they're all on sale. So I got six corsets for $25. Which again, if you're wearing them as a fashion piece, it's fine. Yeah. And I I think the point uh, Knox is trying to make is that. No, you don't have to spend three to yeah. five hundred dollars on your first corset. In fact, I, I discourage you from doing that because what if you hate it? Um, <laughs> and I have this money and the resale value is just not the same. Um, unless you're selling it in a very different niche, in which it maybe it will be the same. Um, but you could get a fashion piece either from a reputable corset dealer that has some discount line mm-hmm. or a cheapie. But understand that that that's not how you're going to feel in a nicer one. So yeah. finding kind of um, tempering your expectations with your your force, first corset to decide if you really like it. Okay. What do you think? Oh, yeah. um, it's the Worcester Corset Company. The Worcester. Uh, museum. The museum. That's, okay. who, that's who has the collection okay. dating back to like the 1800s yeah like maybe I they do a digital it. tour I right know. it is covid so maybe they do a digital tour <laughs> <laughs> that'd be nice i think i think it right yeah yeah so do we have some final thoughts on either getting into corsetry or any kind of like a personal story you'd like to tell or just kind of like a, oh i did this don't do this you know <laughs> tips and tricks for our listeners i think the biggest one, if you're going to say fabric choice matters. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. We didn't even get that. Matters, especially when it comes to personal hygiene. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So my, one of my favorite stories to tell on myself. Um, <laughs> I was going through what I like to call one of my hippie phases where I was embracing nature and, you know, trying to do natural products. And which, by the way, I just cannot fucking do with my body. Yeah. Um, I'm too thinking for that. I need a real deep breath. Yes, I am not one of those girls, so it just doesn't work for me. But (laughs) I was wearing a black satin corset, Mm. and I was using one of the natural deodorants, and unfortunately, stained my corset so badly that it was not usable. Oh no! Yeah. 
also important to mention. Yeah. Yes. Oh, no. So, and, and even sweat can do that too, but at least that could be cleaned, you know. But Probably. yeah, the, the deodorant stained my corset lining so badly. Probably. It was done. Yeah. Be aware of how yeah. your personal hygiene products can affect the yes, things you ma'am. wear, especially if you're going to invest big money into it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Makes me so sad. That's stressful. I don't like that. No, it's not a happy one. I mean, I, but I do have funnier stories. Like there, the time I put a long line corset on while laying in a car, my husband, we were driving to the dungeon. My husband was driving and I was getting dressed and I was like, I can do this. I got this. Uh-huh. So I'm putting the corset on in the car, laying down and then realized I can't sit up. I'm not. <laughs> So, I have done that. I am small and you are a very large man. Please lift me. <laughs> I couldn't even get out of the car by myself. Like I had to put my legs out and it was like the pregnancy lift, right? Yeah. yeah. It was, it was hoist me. So, hoist me out of the seat. <laughs> full servant mode right there. Right. Help me. I'm small. I'm small. Please help me. <laughs> All right. Any last tips, tricks, or questions from our side of the pond? I have recommendations. Oh, yes. Recommendations for people as well. Um, the, uh, I believe it's the New York Library or the Met. One of those okay. two things in New York. Uh, currently has an expedition. Ex- no. Exposition. Exposition. Exhibition. Exhibition. Oh, there we go. One of those E words. That means you can, like, look at the thing. Um, but some books for those who can't travel there. Because uh, I don't think they have a online thing. Okay. Which, hey, if you're listening, put a tour online. It's great. It's covered. Right. Right. Accessibility. The Women in Fashion okay. by Doris Langley Moore. Mm. The Corset, A Cultural History by Valerie Steele. That's in my book list. Or Costume in Detail by Nancy Bradford. Okay. These are good books. Woo. Fun. They will all be in the show. If you're interested in corsets in general, not necessarily just the kinky parts of yes. corsets, but as a fashion piece or as a historical or I did just piece. find a uh, a corset fetish book that oh, I want to see. What's it say? I I have no idea. To there's the Bound to Please by Lee Summers. That's awesome. Which I'm all about. But then I just found one called Fashion and Fetishism: Corsets, Tice Lacing, and Other Forms of Body Sculpture. Ooh. I like this by David. Sure. Right. Has anyone read this? I have no, not. No, I want to now. <laughs> you might have to do a review on this. Right, yes. we'll do, we'll, we'll, that sounds fun. Yes. <laughs> oh, yes. We, do. we don't have time. We're all in That's school. Fair. There's we no time it, but... for a book club. <laughs> no, it's social media. Leisure reading only. All right. Well, then. It has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for taking time to chat with us about this uh, very exciting topic. We're glad to have you. Yes. We hope so to have you back time. soon. Yes. yes. So many other things I want to pick her brain about. Right. And, and maybe uh, when the world's not so full of the plague, uh, we'll make a journey come to you. Yes. So it's, like, it's a little California dreaming out there. Yes. <laughs> you are absolutely welcome. All of you. Absolutely. I we'll, bring, we'll bring an offering of cheese for your husband. Don't worry. Uh, <laughs> oh, I just have to bribe him with cheese? Yes. I got this. Oh, this is easy. I got this. We're simple people. Yeah. yeah. We love it. Simple cheese and beer and wine. We're good. He's Danish, so, you know, just be like, oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, we can do that. He's Danish. So I... Also, I kind of want to see you next to him because that man is massive. <laughs> he is. Was he six, 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 was he? He's six, five, yeah. Five, six, five. So he's a little, he's just barely taller than my alpha. Oh, no. He does. Is he all, he's also so like, like, he is literally yeah. a Viking. Oh, Oh. Yeah, she's like, uh, he I would bring good he could, yeah, he could bear hug yourself for sure, like, as far as like the shoulder breadth goes. Damn. Yeah, I was like, uh, sorry, excuse me. Yeah, I kind of just want to like be scooped up and like sit on the shoulder. That's fair. But that's why he's my Viking. That's exactly, because you know, when you're done with people, he can just lift you out of the way. Right. <laughs> I'm done. Right. Take me away. <laughs> You know what? We'll have to pick your brain next time we do uh, how DD DD couples survive. Yes, do double double fuck of each other. We'll one. definitely be picking your brain for that yes. team, my darling. Yeah. <laughs> all right. With all that said and done, I forgot my line. And, and, and remember, <laughs> trouble comes in three and get fucked. <laughs>